Welcome to the Yearbook Sportscast. There is way too much to mention. Let's let's uh, let's get started on this. Awesome save! Yeah, I did. I almost I was fighting it. I was trying not to say "Let's go," which I hate. It said everywhere on the grass, on the court, on the ice. Let's go! I hate that. And now the kids are saying it. Now we're getting a Tom Brady documentary. ESPN is reportedly going to do a multiple-parted documentary on Tom Brady. Do we really need a Tom Brady documentary? This is the problem with sports documentaries right now. First off, there aren't nearly as many as you would think, even at a time when everyone is greenlighting everything. And a lot of great subject matter is going completely untouched. Now, I'll admit it. Part of the problem is me. It starts with me. Actually, I have multiple problems, which you'll find out about in a moment. There are a lot of sports and games that never get any publicity anywhere, and those sports and events, rightfully, are now getting some spotlight in the form of shorts or documentaries. Unfortunately to me, that coverage seems to have come at the expense of covering niche mainstream stuff like stories from the minor leagues or stories from a college hockey team, uh, reality hard knocks type stuff. That doesn't count. Now, I say all this, this is the other problem, I say all this uniquely unqualified because I have not seen the Michael Jordan Last Dance series from ESPN. And this really is me because the ratings for The Last Dance were huge. ESPN, and I'm not just saying this, they've done some unbelievable work on so many sports movies like The Two Escobars, and I'm sure The Last Dance is like the O.J. Simpson series. You thought you knew everything about the O.J. trial and the exhaustive ESPN series found a lot you didn't know about, and it was one of the best things ever made. And that is the truth. Now, you're listening to this. We're, we're talking to you, but we cannot even convince relatives and close friends to watch the ESPN documentary about O.J. Simpson. Because even if you've read everything there was to read about the, about the trial, you watch the documentary, it is amazing what they uncovered, what they did. It is tremendous, the ESPN O.J. Simpson documentary. It deserved all the awards, but we cannot convince even those close to us to take a look at it. I saw the movie. Anyway, that was one of the best things ever made. The Last Dance is probably a lot like that. But for now, anyway, we're just like, did we really need another thing about Michael Jordan? Although, again, I say that, and it's probably great. Plus, I'm sure it was a lot better than any Jordan movie ever would be because a lot of that is going to be made up or over-dramatized. And now, another thing about Tom Brady, future NFL Hall of Fame quarterback, if you don't follow football. Another thing about Tom Brady is on the way. Now, it's too early for all these suggestions because these stories are still playing out right now. They're unfinished, but what about a documentary about the FedEx heir who's running the Tennessee Titans offense? Uh, What about the life of a former player, current winning independent baseball manager, Wally Backman? Look him up. He's been in a bunch of headlines. How about the troubled 2019 Pirates bullpen or the terrible 2018-19 Orioles? And I'm serious about that because this is where you find out in a documentary. This is where you find out. I know you could say, gee, another baseball documentary? Great. Uh, But this is where you find out that the Orioles every night were giving impassioned Newt Rockney-type speeches, just the best speeches ever given, and then the players would go out there and lose. That's where you find out uh, stuff like that. What about uh, how on earth did Fresno State win the College World Series a few years ago when they almost didn't even get into the tournament? That was one of the all-time great Cinderella's in NCAA history. What about the strange demise of the High Desert Mavericks minor league baseball team? Uh, And people a lot more qualified than me have much, much better ideas that aren't seeing the light of day. 
Uh, this is the yearbook. I'm Doug, and I think we're all finding out together why every podcast has a sidekick. It is weird, right? I mean, you you listen to the you listen to the Abe Vigoda podcast, and it's the Abe Vigoda podcast that's made up, but the it's the Abe Vigoda podcast starring Gerald Smelter, and it's like, why is Gerald Smelter there? And then Gerald Smelter is the one of the podcast who does all the talking. But I think, like right at this very moment, this program, hey, it's free. I think we're all finding out why podcasts have sidekicks. But seriously, then Gerald is the one who does all the talking and keeps interrupting uh, the star. Um, after a not very interesting at all start, the allegations against various college basketball teams are tightening up. Now, first, the FBI investigated college basketball, and the big pronouncement was there's cheating when it comes to recruiting in college basketball, which everybody already knew. Then, exactly no big names and no big teams wound up before a federal judge. Now, it's not that cheating in college basketball is okay. It's that the FBI undertook a huge investigation and concluded what had already been concluded decades ago, and everyone has known about it for even longer than that. But now it's the NCAA's turn, and we know several schools have been informed that the NCAA is investigating their men's basketball programs, among those Louisville, Kansas, Oklahoma State, USC. Then there are the schools that might have been informed of of an NCAA investigation, but they aren't saying, Auburn and Creighton, and the schools that seem likely to be investigated soon, among those Arizona and LSU. This is interesting for several reasons, or actually more specifically for several teams. First, Louisville has famously been at the front of this whole thing. Former coach Rick Pitino's name was mentioned a lot in a documentary about the FBI's investigation, and the Cardinals had literal back-to-back major violations to go along with a checkered history. But Kansas men's basketball has been hit with some really big allegations, and Kansas defiantly made no coaching changes, and previously clean coach Bill Self and the Jayhawks played on as one of the best teams in the nation this past season. Uh, The FBI seemed to be able to tie Arizona coach Sean Miller to trouble, but likewise, Arizona denied all charges, made no changes, and played on. Both Kansas and Arizona trailed Louisville in bad publicity, despite serious allegations. Will they just get warnings like so many others? Or will two big names actually be missing from a future NCAA tournament and or crippled uh, come recruiting time? Louisville was still being punished for a scandal involving players, strippers, and prostitutes when the Cardinals allegedly paid hundred grand for a top recruit. The difference here is that once the second scandal broke, Louisville then fired Patino and athletic director Tom Jurek, which is no small thing. Patino was hugely successful with Louisville, and his departure essentially ended the following season before it even began. And Jurek, while less famous, he's the man credited with turning Louisville into a full-fledged, all-around athletic titan. Under Jurek, every Cardinals team got good. Football became an annual power. Beautiful facilities were built. A college in a small TV market wound up in the ACC, And the Cardinals became nationally relevant all year long, not just from November to March. Firing Patino and Jurek while they were still winning, that was huge. But will it be enough, or should it be enough, to make the NCAA forget that the UofL committed a major violation while they were being punished for a previous major violation? Then there's the school 
that that's the most polarizing of any that we've mentioned. It might be the most polarizing of any that we could mention. Depending on you, Duke either has a well-earned reputation for doing things the right way or a holier-than-thou reputation for doing things the right way. Right now, Duke is not in any direct trouble, but reports are out there that several big-name players received illegal money, and those players kept winding up at Duke. So will any of these colleges walk while the others get busted for the exact same offenses? Will they all walk? Which, unfortunately, considering they're all cash cows, they could. Or, that's going to be some March Madness, the one that none of them are eligible for. Wait, NHL teams could vote for or against the new playoff format? If the NHL returns and finishes the season, it's going to go straight to a 24-team playoff, which includes an opening play-in round. Uh, The Lightning and Hurricanes are said to be the only two teams that voted against that format, and the Lightning reportedly were concerned the teams that got warmed up, the teams that started playing in the play-in round, they were going to get warmed up, and then they would have an advantage over the other higher-seeded teams that were still resting and hadn't played yet. Finally, someone speaks out against the conventional wisdom. Now, I know this is not the same. It's not exactly the same, but so much is made of playoff teams being well-rested for the next round. They sweep a playoff round, and now they're well-rested. They have several days off, uh, and they, they have an advantage over a team that played a brutal seven-game series, yet it's the team that played the brutal seven games in the prior round and the team that is banged up and tired and has no rest and has an immediate turnaround. That's the team that always seems to play better against the rested team. And it's also awesome that teams voted against the playoff format because we can now bring it up when a team disapproved of the playoff but benefited from it or voted yes and was immediately eliminated. IndyCar returns this weekend under the lights on national TV Saturday night. And even though it's not hashtag first, NASCAR came back first, I was wondering about human stuff. Definitely coronavirus. It's spectacular. IndyCar is back, but hopefully no one gets sick. And also, adrenaline. It's the first race of the season. After a very, very long offseason, IndyCar improbably is on actual national television. All other live sports are almost non-existent. There are health questions to think about. Everyone is out of practice. And IndyCar improbably is on actual national television. And all other live sports are almost non-existent. That is a lot of pressure and a lot of adrenaline In an already dangerous sport, with everyone potentially so tightly wound, what kind of race is this going to be? I mean, everybody is jittery about the coronavirus. Everybody is out of practice. Everybody is eager to show the world, literally, what they are made of. How is this all going to turn out? And no, no one wants to see crashes. Uh, the people that say all you want to see is the crashes, these are the same people that call hockey boxing on skates, which it's not. You'd be surprised. Credit to Howard Schnellenberger for making previously unnoticed Louisville football really, really good in the first place. Produce football coach, this guy over here, he knows what I'm talking about. Produce football coach was there. He was the quarterback. And yes, last time we did leave the music running, a sidekick would have noticed that.